0: The following audio is from LifeHouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or at LifeHouseChurch.org. Have you ever been stuck in the stands when you wanted to be in the game? Stuck being a fan when you wanted to be a player? Here's what I know, every one of us, whether it's something you've said to yourself or something someone else has said to you, you've, uh, you've believed, man, I can't, I won't, I'll never. We're in the story called The American Underdog of Kurt Warner, right? This, this guy who is stuck being a, a grocery, you know, he's packing shelves at a grocery store when he wants to be an NFL quarterback. But he, he's told all along, you're not good enough. You're not fast enough. You're not, you're not strong enough. You'll never, you're not enough, Why can't you just give up, just quit? And and he's got this thing in his heart that he doesn't want to be in the stands. He wants to be in the game. He doesn't want to just be rooting for a team. He wants to be on the team. But there's people in his life who've put limitations on him. They've said, this is what you've got to be and you're not good enough. You don't meet the mark. You don't measure up. And we all have it, don't we? Maybe they're invisible, they're biases, they're prejudices. There's, there's things other people believe we should be that disqualifies us from becoming what we've dreamed of becoming or doing what we dream we could do. Or maybe it's something we believed about ourselves. It, somebody told us we'll never, and so we believe we'll never. They said you can't, and so we disqualified ourselves. We allowed the limitations to become the lid on our own destiny, so I don't know what's held you back, but I know every one of us have created a lid on our own dreams. You know what I hear when I, when I, when I talk about this? I hear you're just an underdog. You're just a, an underdog story in the making. And, and so I wanna introduce you to one of the great Unseen underdogs in the in a long history of underdogs in the Bible. Uh, it, it's set up in the Book of Judges. Now, the Book of Judges is uh, a unique story because it's it's a it's a cycle in the nation of Israel. They don't have a king, and they don't have a key, you know, um, long-standing spiritual leader. And so, here's the cycle in the Book of Judges. The, the nation of Israel has taken over the promised land, mostly. And because they are enjoying the promised land, they become comfortable and safe and they start to settle in. And when things get comfortable, they turn their back on God. Don't we all have a tendency to do that? When things feel good, when things are going good, we start to say, I don't, I don't need God. Maybe you stop spending time in prayer. Maybe you stop depending on God. Well, that's the nation of Israel. And when they stop needing God and they stop turning to God, things turn bad. And not just bad, they turn from bad to worse. And so, you know, an enemy will come and conquer them or oppress them or enslave them or, you know, plagues and disasters hit. And then they turn to God in desperation and they begin to cry out to God. And when they cry out to God, He'll raise up a leader. He'll raise up uh, what they would call a judge, thus the book of Judges, the story or this historical season where judge after judge would come to power and the nation of Israel uh, would be led by this judge who would lead them in following God, judge them rightly. And then things would go well for them and they would get comfortable and after that judge died, They would go back to doing the wrong things they were doing before, and it would just be a cycle after cycle. So in this season, now, uh, the nation of Israel has an enemy that's conquering them. In essence, they're getting crushed on the field, beaten down, no chance of victory. And God turns to an underdog. And in fact, let me just kind of open the story to you. It's found, again, in the book of Judges, and the story kind of spans Judges chapter four and five. And so here we go. Judges chapter four, verse four. Now Deborah, a prophet, the wife of Lapidoth, was leading Israel at that time. Now, when when the author introduces other judges, they don't ever say, you know, somebody like, you know, Jephthah, husband of, right? Like, you never get that. The only time you get the introduced to their spouse is because it's Deborah, a woman. In in up to this moment in the history of the nation of Israel, God primarily used men to lead the nation of Israel. He used Moses. He used Joshua. I mean, these men's men, these powerful leaders, Samuel the prophet, right? These these like world-renowned, you know, just um, head and shoulders above all the rest kind of leaders. But God was looking for an underdog. And so he chose Deborah who in this moment in history, women were considered the most vulnerable, the most dependent, certainly the most unexpected and unlikely of heroes and leaders. Then God chooses or invites Deborah to choose a military leader. So she shoulder taps Barak. And so here it is. Um, Barak, and so he's invited to lead in battle. And and the battle is they're, they're down, Right? They're, they're way down in the score. There's two minutes left in the game. They have no chance. If you're looking at the probability meter, uh, if you're tracking it, it's like 99.9% they're gonna lose, right? In this, in this moment in history, the nation of Israel is outgunned, outmanned. I mean, two and a half soldiers to every one of theirs in the enemy's camp, and they're outgunned. The story goes, there's 40,000 soldiers for Israel, and not one of them has a weapon. So, I mean, they're going to battle with what? Sticks and stones? What are they going to do? Bleed on the enemy? I mean, I'm kind of being goofy here because we're in a series called Watchlist, right? Where we're taking uh, movies and shows and we're kind of showing you the principles that apply to our life. And so, you know, here we are in this American underdog story of found you know, connecting it to this underdog story in the book of Judges where, you know, Barak is outgunned, outmanned, outnumbered. And so here, here's what happens. Um, he's, he's a coward, he's indecisive, he is unwilling to lead. And so he says to uh, Deborah, look, I'm not leading them into battle unless you come with me. And so she says, fine, but if I come with you, you are not gonna get the credit for the victory. In fact, their credit is going to go to another woman. And, and so let me tell you how the story goes because it, it kind of has like a, if you're a football fan, you're gonna love this moment. If you're a fan of war movies, if you're a fan of like these kind of like heroic, you know, underdog moments. So here, here's the story. The, the nation of Israel goes to battle against their enemy who's led by Sisera, who's, he, he's just, like if you could put him in the Lord of the Rings, if you could put him in any of these other like big movies, I mean, he is the prototypical evil guy. He's powerful. He's dominant. His, his troops follow him because he's not just a man's man. He will cut your head off. All right, so that's Sisera. And they're coming up against the nation of Israel and they get destroyed. Meaning Israel devastates Sisera and his army. So Sisera is running for his life, but and they he runs into a, a, a village around Israel. But he finds um, some allies. In fact, he goes into the home of a family that is an ally to him, a friend of him, and the wife's name is JL. So JL sees this. oh yeah, yeah, come on in. And he comes in and she says, sure, I'll hide you. We won't, you know, nobody will know you're here. And she doesn't just do that. Boy, she takes care of him. I mean, she she warms him some milk, gives him the milk. I mean, you know, boy, you get it, get it cup of hot chocolate on a cold night man you just fall right to sleep and so she soothes him to sleep and then after he falls asleep here's what this housewife JL does she takes a, a hammer and a tent peg puts it on his head and pfft, spot she kills Sisera and and the heroic moment is that this housewife wins the day. She wins the battle. And so she becomes the hero of the story. But what's the point? The point is that God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. That's what I want to capture your attention with. And and so if we're going to really pull a principle out of this story, here's what I want you to catch. When others say you can't, God can. When others say you can't, God can. In and through you. It's not just that God can through somebody. It's not just that God can in his own way. When others say you can't, God can in and through your life. See, God God can do extraordinary things, but God chooses to do extraordinary things through ordinary people like you and me. You know, you and I, what gets in our way is not just that we're ordinary. And it's not just that we're underdogs. It's that you and I are set up for failure. We're set up for defeat. Because there's an enemy that's not just on the field, there's an enemy inside of every one of us called sin. Sin is what, it doesn't just put a limit on us. It defeats us, it destroys us. Every one of us have this spiritual sabotaging force inside of us and doesn't just say I can't or I won't, but it actually causes us to turn our back on God and go our own way, do what we want in the wrong direction. Sin doesn't just sabotage our life today and, and set us up for ultimate failure, but a forever far from God and eternal judgment. But God, God doesn't just believe in us, God is for us and fighting for us. In fact, let me let me bring you back to the American underdog. Uh, in the movie, Kurt Warner, you know, he finally gets a chance. He's getting shoulder tap, the chance to play for the Rams. But as a backup, and, and there's this really cool moment where uh, the head coach is talking to him. And he's saying, I had, I'm, I'm like you. I had everything against me. They told me I was washed up. They told me I wasn't enough. And, and, you know, like the more he tells, Kurt, the more he's telling Kurt Warner all the things he had against him, you know, Kurt Warner's hanging his head. And he says, but here's what they didn't know. And it's the same thing they don't know about you. They don't know that all those years and all that hardship became experience. They don't know your experience that it's made you what you are today. And then he says this, this is this kind of key, you know, climactic line. He goes, and destiny is for the underdog. This isn't just a story about football or about underdogs, but how God has intervened in every one of our stories. How God does the unexpected, the, the unlikely, how God turns stories around and turns us into underdogs. How? In the story of Deborah, he used Deborah and Jael, women who were considered vulnerable and weak and needy, to not only win a battle, but rescue a nation, save a nation and lead a nation. When women were brushed aside and, you know, there wasn't just a glass ceiling, there was a glass floor holding them back, telling them this is as far as you can go and no further, setting boundaries and limitations on their life. In, In the story of Deborah, uh, J.L. uses something unexpected, a hammer and a tent peg. And similarly, God stepped in to our story. He did it in an unexpected and an unlikely way. God came down from heaven to earth. Jesus, he came not as a conquering king, but as a suffering servant. He didn't use the scepter of a ruler He used a criminal's cross. Jesus came from heaven to earth to die in our place, to take on our sin punishment. He gave his life for our lives, so anyone who believes in Jesus by faith is forgiven and given new and forever life because Jesus not only died, but in this most (laughs) heroic, underdog story Jesus who's buried and dead in the ground for 3 days rises from the dead victorious over death but not just him victorious over his own death but he's victorious over our eternal death he offers us life through faith in him we're forgiven of our sins we've given victory over our sins it's the we're down there's it's 99.9% in fact forget that 100% guaranteed defeat and yet God intervened, and it's not just an underdog story, it's an impossible story of how God stepped in and turned us from death to life and from certain defeat into an impossible victory. And that's where our story begins, through faith in Jesus Christ. In fact, can I encourage you, wherever you are right now, maybe maybe you're up against the lid of limitations. Maybe it's insecurities, fears, and doubts that have held you back. Whatever's going on in your heart and life, I know this, that you and I will never experience our fullest potential without faith and relationship in Jesus Christ. And so I want to encourage you, would you begin new through faith in Jesus? Would you say yes to Jesus by faith? And if that's the commitment you're ready to make right now, would you let us know on your screen? uh, We're going to put up a QR code. If you pull out your smartphone and just scan that, fill out that form one of our pastors will follow up with you and encourage you as you begin this new relationship with God you're saying yes to Jesus you're saying yes to a God who stepped in to our story to turn our story into an underdog story in the in the story of Deborah here's what you see this is a principle and it applies to every one of our lives our limits your limits invite the unlimited of God let me say it again your limits invite the unlimited of God. Where your life ends is where God's life begins. Where your strength ends is where God's strength begins. Where you begin to say, I can't, God begins to say, I can. And so the, the sooner you get to your threshold, your limit, your ceiling, is the sooner you get to a place where you can begin to step into what only God can can do. Throughout the story of God in the Bible, you have these this story of how God uses not just underdogs, but he uses people who recognize they can't. They're too weak, they're too, you know, Moses stuttered, Gideon didn't have a big enough army. He was literally reduced to 300 people. What happened was God was bringing people to the end of themselves so that he could begin a story that only he could write. And so you've got Deborah who starts out as not just an underdog, but limited, limited in access, limited in power, right? Like there's no way anybody was gonna use her. But God can, because God's looking for the weak, the ignoble, right? That's that's a great thing. If you look throughout the story of God, he uses the nothing to create something. He uses dirt to, to form the pinnacle of his creation, mankind. And so in this story, what you really have is how God is not limited by what limits us. In fact, our limitations become the open door for the God-size possibilities. If you jump into this story, here's what you see in uh, Judges chapter 5, and I'm just going to read in verse 8, where Deborah's writing kind of a song in celebration of her story and her journey, where she says this, God chose new leaders when war came to city gates, But not a shield or a spear was seen among 40,000 in Israel. And we were outgunned, we were outnumbered, but God chose a new kind of leader. My heart is with Israel's princes, with the willing volunteers among the people. Praise the Lord. You you know what she's saying, what, what she's acknowledging is this. She's saying that you and I, we have to discover our God worth, not our self worth. You have to find your value in what God says about you, not what you believe about yourself or what others say about you. Now, listen to me very carefully. This is not some pep rally. This isn't like a believe in yourself. You can do the impossible. You can go from stocking shelves in a grocery store to winning the Super Bowl in the NFL. No, no, no that, that's not what this is. This isn't about believing in yourself. This is recognizing that God believes in you, and the only limitation in your life is, that God, is the limitations God puts on your life. Your life there is nothing you can't do that God can't do through you right there, like you have no limitations if God is for you and if God says you can do it you can do the impossible the only limits on your life are the boundaries that God sets the limitations he puts in your life his the God-sized possibilities are the what God wants to do in and through your life and so here's what I want you to take hold of what what did Deborah what, what could she do right the only thing she could do was be humble and surrendered Be obedient and be willing. Say yes to God. God, I give myself to you. And she and she kind of celebrates this. God, you were looking for a new kind of leader. You were looking for somebody like me, who's humble, who didn't think so much of themselves, who didn't think, oh, I can do it. I'm somebody. God, you can use me. No, God is looking for you. People like you, who you think that your limits are getting in the way of what God can do. And I can assure you of this. Don't find, this is not about looking for self-worth about finding your God worth. What does God say about you? And God says you are chosen. You are loved. You are a child of God. You are loved by the king who rules above all kings. And something happens in your life when you begin to think like that. Let me me read a little bit more. In verse two and three, uh, she writes, when the princes in Israel take the lead, when the people willingly offer themselves, praise the Lord. Hear this, you kings. Listen, you rulers. I, even I, will sing to the Lord. I will praise the Lord, the God of Israel, in song. See, what she's saying is, like God knew what he was gonna do in my life. And so the the principle that I really wanted to catch your attention with is this. Your identity is based on God's purpose for you. Your identity is based on what God says about you and what God wants to do through you. And God says you are chosen God says you are loved. God says you are chosen for a purpose. Your identity is based on God's love and the price that God was willing to pay for you himself. He was willing to give you his life, right? You're, something is worth what someone is willing to pay for it. Gas is worth what we're willing to pay for it. You're worth what God was willing to pay for you. He was willing to give his own life to give you life. So your identity is based not just on the God worth that he sees in you, but on your purposes. And God has an incredible purpose for your life. He created you with destiny for a design. And as we love that clip, right? Like destiny belongs to the underdog. So here it is, right? Kurt Warner. He's the backup to Trent Green. Trent Green gets taken out. And finally, Kurt Warner gets put in the game, right? And now there's a question. Can he produce? Can he play, right? And so the game is tense. He's trying to prove in the first game of the season that he can actually lead this as the starter. He gets put in, and the game comes down to the wire. And Kurt Warner, right, here's his moment set up for the touchdown, and he gets in, he reaches back, and he throws the ball, and it's a touchdown! Rams win! All right, you guys know that I was just waiting for that moment, right? So here's the thing, Kurt Warner gets put in, and he comes through, what did he offer? He was ready, he was willing, he was available. He worked hard, he let all of the situations in his life bring him to a moment, right? The mistreatment, the abuse, the hurt, the the pain. He let that make him into somebody who was willing and available. God does extraordinary things in our lives when we are willing and available. That's the key for your life. Are you willing and available? You know what Deborah was? Willing and available. You know what JL was? Willing and available. You know what Barak wasn't? Willing and available. He said, I'm not gonna do it unless you come with me. But Deborah says, I'm willing, I'm available. JL, willing and available. In your life, your underdog story hinges on you simply being willing and available. And here's what happens. God does extraordinary things to ordinary people who are willing and available. And so you, this is what God says. You know, as you read the story of God going through the Bible, you get to this, kind of this um, religious terrorist turned believer of Jesus who starts churches all the place. And one of those churches, he's riding to the church. He helped start in the city of Ephesus. And he wrote a letter to that church. In the Bible, it's called Ephesians. And he says this in Ephesians chapter two, verse 10. He says, for we are God's handiwork. We're the masterpiece of God created in Christ Jesus to do good works good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. You are the masterpiece of God. And God is painting his masterpiece. He's doing his best work through what Jesus did in your life and he has prepared in your life good works. And you know what you do? You stay ready and you get in the game when your number is called. Can I encourage you? Stay ready get in the game. That's what I want to see. I want to see every one of you activated into the game, not necessarily into the Super Bowl, not necessarily the NFL, but every one of us who see ourselves as underdogs. We're, we're, we've got limits on our life. We, we're not good enough. We're not strong enough. We're too tall, too short, not smart enough, not capable enough, not rich enough, not, you know, like whatever it is that you're not enough. And God says, you know, that's exactly why I'm choosing you. Because when you, where your life is limited, it, it reveals the unlimited of God. And I do, God saying, I do my best work. You're, I use, I do an extraordinary thing in you when you're willing and available. And the only thing you can do, stay ready and get in the game. Can I encourage you? How right now can you get in the game? How can, you, how can your life not be about you, but about what God wants to do in and through you? How can your life not be about what you can do, but about what God can do in and through you? So this is really about saying, God, my life isn't about me. My, my story isn't about me. And it's not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to make an underdog story. We're following the example of Deborah, who was willing and available to let God show up and show off and do the impossible. Would you be willing to take a surrendered posture, a humble posture, saying, God, it's not about me. In fact, that's what's so almost amazing about Kurt Warner's story is he's he's one of these guys, not just an underdog, but he pointed it to Jesus. He said, God, he said, my life only matters because God matters in my life. Maybe that's where you're at right now. You're willing to surrender and say not only yes to Jesus, but letting God write an underdog story in and through your life. Would you be willing to walk humble, be surrendered, be willing and available? Stay ready and get in the game. Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.